Hey guys, Albert here, and before we get started, I just wanted to drop a quick reminder that if you like this podcast and you want to help support it, you can go over to our Patreon page at patreon.com slash watch and give us money, which we will use to buy better mics, because dear lord, do we need better mics. Okay, on with the show. Hello everybody, and welcome to another exciting episode of Too Weird Didn't Watch. I'm excited. The show where we make fun of movies based on nothing but their weird synopses. Do we have a theme song now? Is that what's happening? We have a theme song now! And that's what's happening! Yeah! My name is Brantley. My name is Albert! This theme song's still going on! Your challenge is to read all the movies like that. And if you try, I will leave. Wait. Choose so carefully. I shouldn't do that? Yes. Oh, okay. I thought you, you challenged me to do it. And then you're like, no, don't do that. Yes. The Ghoul is our first movie. All right. Are you ready for The Ghoul? Sure. Or Ghoul? Ghoul? Ghoul. The Guardians of Ghoul? Yeah. I like those books. No. Uh, it's World War II with owls. And a lot of racism. The first. Is the racism like. Between owls, not at actual people. Oh, okay. So the like, book these... acknowledges the racism. Yeah, no, you have these barn owls who are the pure ones, and then the darker colored owls are the less pure ones, and then there's the not barn owls who are just the enemy. Okay. Yeah. Aga Bendragor, a knife-wielding, enigmatic Egyptian Arab, is seeking a sacred jewel, which has been stolen from an ancient That's tomb. That's a Skyrim enemy name. Aga Bendragor! You kill him, you get an epic, epic drop sword. Take on Parthenax. <laughs> I mean, he 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 has drag like almost dragon in his name. He's got dragon and gore combined. I know that's like a metal band. And Aga Ben is like the lead singer or something. Aga Ben Dragor. Stolen from an ancient tomb. I have a secret for you guys. Albert Berg does not, in fact, listen to metal. <laughs> I know you would have been convinced otherwise by that beautiful performance. But no, he is not a metalhead. When I was reading this, I, I wanted to point out that uh, they felt the need that, to point out that he was one of those Egyptian Arabs. Well, those aren't the ones that get on planes, right? Those well, don't use the bombs? I think that if you say he's Egyptian, like, we're not going to assume that, oh, oh, he's one of those Egyptian Asians? Like, no. Also, yeah, it's not even Egyptian, like, Muslim, just Arab. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm not saying anything about religion or anything, it's just like, if he's from Egypt, he, by definition, must be Arabic. That's, that's what that means. Or African, depending on how you determine things. Okay, that's fair. But, like, still. still yeah. <laughs> anyway, he's seeking a sacred jewel, which has been stolen from an ancient tomb. Uh, the thief tells it. I guess there's a thief. All right. Well, I mean, it was missing. So oh, right. It was okay. Stolen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He, it was stolen. So I guess he. It didn't steal itself. That's called running away. <laughs> Which would have been. Much You're under arrest for kidnapping. I ran away. You kidnapped yourself. It just runs off on like two tiny spindly, like <laughs> hand animated legs. <laughs> uh, the thief. So he tra- apparently has tracked down the thief right away. Maybe it's the opening of the movie. He's like, this guy's sleeping. Aga Bendragor 
sneaks in with his knife. I mean, in fairness, that's not someone you want to mess with, someone with that name. I don't care what this guy does as a job. Agabin Dragor. Dragor, I don't know, care which. You don't mess with that guy. Agabin Dragor, action accountant. Receptionist at a, like a library. I don't care. This dude's gonna mess you up. Your book is late! Feel the wrath of my knife. Dude, there was a real cool episode of Courage the Cowardly Dog where he had a book that was like two years late. And the librarian started sending like the plagues of Egypt after him. (laughs) The thief tells him that he sold it to Professor Morland, a fanatical Egyptologist who fervently believes in the pagan power of the ancient Egyptian gods. Okay. Yeah. I mean, for one thing, good move on this thief's part. Like, he don't care. He's just all about, like, oh, shiny thing. And this guy's like, I believe in the pagan power of the ancient Egyptian gods. He's like, well, the price just doubled. (laughs) Now that I know that you care about this so much. Yeah, you gotta act disinterested. Like, in your head, you can be like, that's how you're like, oh, it's that. Yeah, it's kind of (laughs) shiny. I guess it's worth 20 bucks. Dying from a mysteriously disfiguring ailment, Morland entrusts his faithful manservant to bandage the jewel in his hand and warns him of dire consequences if his dying wishes aren't carried out. Oh, oh, okay. I get what's happening. So he's dying. After his death, he's going to bandage the jewel in his hand. And it's Morland's hand, not the manservant's hand, I think. I think? I assume that. Yeah, okay, because the next sentence says, after his burial in an Egyptian-type tomb Egyptian-type tomb on his estate, an anonymous robber... You know, most... You have a lot of anonymous so, robbers out the there. Thing. Most of them don't announce their name as they're robbing you. Go ahead. So, is he just, like, the sarcophagi guy, or did he build a pyramid on his property and try to hide in there? I, I'm thinking not pyramid. I'm thinking like the because they had other types of tombs, true in Egypt. So I'm thinking it's like the column style in the front, okay, and then the sarcophagus inside. Although it would be great if he just had like full, well, maybe not full scale. Like it's just a little. I'm I mean, there were different like, sized pyramids. Yes, they're right. Everybody like thinks the, of Khufu's Great Pyramid because he paid a lot for that. It was just like the tiniest pyramid ever. Like the his feet are sticking out the end. <laughs> a Bugs Bunny cartoon. <laughs> <laughs> uh, after his burial in Egyptian-type tomb on his estate, an anonymous robber steals the precious stone from the corpse. Okay. Although the ghastly-looking dead man rises at the next full moon to seek revenge, neither he nor the audience know which member of the household possesses the powerful jewel. It's another one of these who done it, but with, like, I forget which one it was back in like the twenties, uh, the episode around episode twenty where Beast we must had... die. Is that what it was? That's what the werewolf one was. Yeah, so you have like a, mummy. a zombie, a mummy zombie, <laughs> a mumsy. Yeah, a mummy, a mummy no, rising from the dead, a and like having to figure out who stole the jewel. It's a who done it, but with a mummy. I love it. So he's, I'm presumably he's just killing people off one by one. And he's like, eventually I'll find the one that has, has the jewel. Are the other people trying to figure out who has it? Because it'd be hilarious if the first person they killed was the thief, but they had hidden it. So now it's these people running around not trusting each other and trying to find the jewel while he's hunting them down one by one. 
But, and I'm assuming he can't speak, right? He's a mummy now, and mummy rules are like, you don't, you don't go and be like, so hey guys, uh, I'm a mummy, and I'd really like to know what happened to the jewel that was bandaged into my hand after you I died. You say that in all three mummy series, the mummy speak. From Universal, at least. Oh, that's true. The like the new one that she definitely the princess. She talks. The uh, Emotep was super chatty. <laughs> um, really creepy scene where he he becomes convinced that the uh, female lead is his love interest reincarnated, and so while she's asleep, he starts making out with her, and his mouth rots back into mummy face. And she wakes up in the middle of it, she's like, "No, no." Is that the old one? No, that's the uh, previous series, the Brendan Fraser series. The oh, one, okay. The one I let you borrow. That's messed up. Yeah, that movie's so much fun. And then the sequels happen. And you, per- you let sad. me that. I haven't watched it yet. Should rectify that at some point at your leisure. Okay. And then the old the old one, yeah, Imhotep was chatty. I don't think Karis talked a lot. I've only seen one of his movies and he didn't really talk there. I'm kind of sad that Ega Bendragor just sort of disappears. Yeah, he does. Is he? The, like, the, he's in the first line. The second Maybe line, he's right? the thief. The re-thief. Well, that's feeding. possible. I mean, he is an enemy. And, like, somehow he can't leave the property because, you know, curse from the dead or something. But he doesn't figure into anything else in the description. So he's just, like, he finds out where it's at. He has an awesome name and a knife. The thief tells him where he sold it to. And then, like, we just cut to the guy who got the the jewel, and he's all, like, I'm dying for some reason, which we don't find out about in the description either. Uh, Tie this jewel in my hand or bad stuff's gonna happen. How old is this movie? I don't know. Because I have this image in my head that if it's an, like probably 60s or earlier or probably in the 50s or earlier, he just has like a jacked up face. Right? So it, 1933? Is that correct? Oh, man. Yes. Uh, then it's just a jacked up face. Because I was picturing like he would be like bent and twisted mummy like clawing his way down walls after people. Um, we're looking at a picture of Boris Karloff in the like, it's, it's decent makeup. It's not You've like already been a mummy, sir. Also, this description that I'm looking at here gives it away. It was his assistant. FYI. That's a horrible description. Okay, I've got, okay, that's a new complaint I have now. We've had the sentences and the, like, you know, novelization descriptions. Now we get spoilers to complain about. The so trifecta is, of crappy descriptions. I pulled this one from IMDb, but I'm going to read this one also. So, Henry, Henry Morland thinks an ancient jewel will give him powers of rejuvenation if it is offered up to the god Anubis. But when Morland dies, his assistant, Laying, steals the jewel. While a gaggle of interlopers, including a disreputable lawyer and a fake <laughs> vicar, descend on the professor's manor to steal the jewels for themselves. A fake priest in this movie? Why? Morland returns to the dead from the dead to punish everyone who's betrayed him. Like all of his friends are all about that jewel. But say friends, like everybody comes to the funeral and they're like, oh, "I'm looking at that jewel. You're looking at that jewel too. I'm going to steal it for you." Are and he just kills them all. So it's it's, it's the it's oh, murder man. on the Orient Express. I was going to say that, and then I was going to say spoilers because the movie's coming out, but no, you guys should read, you should know that classic reference at this point. But yeah, That's not even really the point of the story at this point. They all stole the jewel! Like, each one of them Each one of them paid off the assistant to steal it, and he's just like, yes. He's rolling in the dough, he makes a copy, and gives each of them a copy, and then runs off. Zane sells the original. (laughs) Just continuing the cycle of revenge. I like, like that murder. one. That was a good one. Yeah. What's next? I, I, I know, know what's you're next. reading. I'm reading. 
Where's Dragor in that? Where did he go? Yeah, I have no idea. I think he's just like the opening thing, and then we just like switch away from him. And then A, why is he named? And B, why is his name so awesome? Wait, maybe he gets his own spinoff series at some point, Bradley. <laughs> Next up, though, we have I, Monster. Okay. In this fairly interesting variant on Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. <laughs> it's not great, but there's some stuff to look at, guys. Come on. Just uh, at least give it a shot, please. We need money. From Br- Well, I, that's somebody else's. This is a, a third-party writing. That's I know. A, I don't think that... Anyway. It's on the back of the DVD cover like this. <laughs> it's kind of okay. You should maybe check it out. Try Redbox first. Don't really waste your money on it. <laughs> but, you know, if you could give us some money, we'd appreciate it. <laughs> in this fairly interesting variant on the Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde story, from Britain's Amicus Studios, Christopher Lee stars as Marlowe, a stuffy doctor who develops a formula to release inhibitions. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Although, I think that this spin on it is a little bit That's interesting. slightly more accurate to the old one. I suppose it's just like split personality now. Because... I made a chemical. Well, it was the the old one was I'm original. going to isolate the evil side, and maybe like originally his idea was to sort of eradicate the evil. But the I think evil it was that. Over. But then he just like decided it was kind of fun, and then he's like, "Wait, no, I need to be Jekyll because that's my life." Well, the interesting thing about the original is that we don't know a lot of stuff about uh, Jekyll's like basic motivation. Like we know he was studying the basic components of good and evil. <laughs> But we don't know what, like, really his goal was other than just to sort of prove himself right. Mm. Um, so. Like, He's we, also we, not really, quote unquote, on screen for a good chunk of the book. Well, yeah, it's other people investigating what is where happened he went. Him. Right. Uh, and what this what this like weird hide guy is. It's a very much a mystery story. But I, this is less about evil and more about, man, I'm like, I just can't let go of myself, but there's a part of me that wants to go crazy. So his gonna... formula, yes. I'm thinking he took some hops and roasted them and let that ferment for a while. Yeah, we actually have that already, guys. Yeah. <laughs> there is a way to release your inhibitions. It's called alcohol. It's even legal in this time of day, or time of world, but, you know, with moderation, please. Yeah. And don't drive. When he takes it. Marlowe turns into the... I'm, by the way, at this point, I'm just assuming he invented whiskey. <laughs> the unsol- This is a weird John Jameson commercial. Uh, he turned into the evil and repulsive Mr. Blake. The twist... They're about to tell us the twist now, apparently. Okay. Is that Blake gets uglier with each successive dose until he becomes a pitiful ape-like monster. Yeah. Is he, is he aware of this when he takes it? Maybe. Because if he knows this, then it's on him. But if it's just Blake realizes after the fact, and he's just like, on the one hand, I can do whatever I want now. On the other hand, probably should find a way to make this stop happening to me. And if it... And it just needs to get uglier, not like he becomes more animal-like. He's just a bad-looking dude at this point. Well, he becomes an ape-like monster. In appearance, it doesn't say he gets dumber. No, 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 yeah, that's true. So, do you, are you thinking <laughs> that even when he, like... When it wears off and he becomes Marlowe again, he's still, like, super ugly? Now, that I hadn't considered. I was just assuming if he was aware that when he became Blake, he would be even more ugly. Okay. But now, yeah, if it, like... That's actually also interesting if Blake stays the same, but him turns more monstrous. Okay. 
Peter Cushing co-stars. Yes, as Marlowe's lawyer friend, and a lo- and a young Chloe Franks appears with Mike Raven and Kenneth J. Warren. I don't care about the last. I don't three. know who those people are. But Peter Cushing and Christopher Lee together is always fun. Yes. Despite the low budget, directors now okay, you're getting a little bit of editorial synopsis here. Director Stephen Weeks manages to present a realistic depiction of Victorian England, and Lee turns in a memorable memorable performance. For saying that he's going to say a realistic version of the story, I'm like, he turns into an A-monster. <laughs> <laughs> no. The film started shooting in 3D, but the idea was <laughs> discarded during the production. Actually, this is kind of dumb. Yes, it is. Cool. We're out. <laughs> you could get, like, the 3D glasses, but then, like, I, that would have been the that, movie. That's just... the red and blue one, so yeah. <sighs> Finally, we have, and now the screaming starts. I read it like that because it has an exclamation point at the end. It does. I can see it. A um, just married couple. Well, it's not just married, guys. Like, marriage is a big deal. No, no, see, they're, they're, they believe in justice. They're good, outstanding oh, people. Oh, I get it. Okay. They're lawful good. Yes. <laughs> you and your D&D knowledge is adorable. Goes home. They're, okay. I, I, re- I wrote formatting at the top of this. So I could remind myself that it was written really badly. Here we go. A just married couple goes home. Their parents went. A just married couple goes home. Their grandparents during wedding night. As young Catherine. um, Hang on, trying to figure out what that means. (laughs) It goes home to see their grandparents on their wedding night. Uh, Maybe, yeah. I mean, most people do certain things on their wedding night that I don't think you should involve granddad with. But, uh, we're going to go with that. Or maybe that's just like they, like they're living in their grandparents' house. Also possible. As young Catherine just married Charles Fengriff and moves in, moves into his castle. Fengriffin. And moves into his castle. So that's just recapping the first sentence. Then why are they, why are they hanging out with the grandparents? Or unless their grandparents are coming to visit and they just didn't make it in time for the wedding? Could be. She becomes victim of an old curse that lays on the family. On her wedding night, she's raped by a ghost and gets pregnant. Wait. What? Okay. Ghosts don't have semen. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I've seen plenty of movies that have ghosts on you know, invited sex before, so whatever. Still bad, but, you know, it's ghost and it's imaginary anyways. Also, does this count as necrophilia? <laughs> I don't, I mean, she, philia implies that she liked it. Apparently. Okay, so what would be, what? what is the opposite of necro? What's the Latin word for life? Uh, we're? We're Okay, we're is like, uh, like, life as, like, you know, virile is where we get that word from. Uh, it would be Veer. Okay, anyway. The fiancé, Charles Fengriffin, and his fiancé aren't aware about the curse okay, whoa, 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 by okay, terrible whoa, events occurred in past times and mysterious deeds are actually happening. Was this all one review you pulled this from? Yep. Okay. I'm gonna have to unpack. This is gonna take a while. This might have been its own episode. <laughs> so, piecing together what we've got so far. Charles and Catherine, they get married. Yep. They go to Ch- Charles Castle. 
Grandparents yes. are involved in some respect. <laughs> Presumably they live there because it's a castle and so he's got room for family. Yes, and now the I think what's happening now is that... They don't know about the bad history, but this is supposed to be the family castle because it's a curse on the family. But they could have just not been told about it. And then Ghost rapes her and now she is pregnant with Ghost Baby. I think this last sentence we just read is flashing back in time telling us that when they were engaged, because now they're not married, they're fiancé and fiancé again, uh, that he didn't know about it. Right. Yes. I also want to point out, for the listeners listening at home who can't see what I'm looking at, each sentence in this particular uh, thing that I pulled this from has a space and then a period and then another space to start the next sentence. Yeah. I've... Every single one has yeah. this. Okay, so... And with the commas. Yeah, those as well. And it's not all punctuation, because the, like, the uh, cl- open and closed... Uh, the parentheticals like are that. fine, yeah. Yeah. Um, so that happens, right? That That's this so part We're of caught it. up on that, yeah? <laughs> In 1975... I'm sorry. 1795. In 1795, <laughs> Silas, right. a young man who worked in stables... Attempts to avoid the violation of his young wife by the noble Fengriffin. Okay, one, not cool. Two, why is that the sentence that works? Uh, yeah, I think it actually does have a subject and a verb at least. Yes. <laughs> which is a kind of something that was missing from some of those sentences we read. And a few, like three of those were just the same basic thing, but phrased brokenly and in different ways. During the taking off, between the noble landlord, landowner, and the flunky, is severed the hand of Silas. So Silas and the lord, when he's like, don't bang my wife, what are you doing? Cuts his hand off. Okay. Excellent translation of that terribly written sentence. <laughs> Normally we don't have... This, this was so badly written that I was just like, we're just going to talk about the writing in this. Yeah, I... <laughs> There is this really weird thing going on where it's this, you know, ghost raping a dude because presumably he's the ghost of Silas. It was not a dude that was raped, although or that a would lady, be a whatever. very different... And he's pregnant still. <laughs> Everybody gets raped and pregnant by the ghosts. They're already ignoring the fact there's no semen, so... It, it, ghosts so, have ectoplasm. Maybe that's what it was the whole time. Well, you just made all three Ghostbuster movies horrifying. <laughs> Especially the second one where there's a river of it beneath New York. Although it is New York. <laughs> Anyways, finish this horrible thing. Here's I'm, I'm just trying to like steal myself to read these words out loud in the order that they're written. I just read the first part of the next sentence and it is great. One time dead the noble. Is, is that a song by the Dragor? <laughs> one time dead the noble! The vengeful spirit returns the castle. Oh my god, this is a metal album. <laughs> the vengeful spirit didn't like the castle. I thought the castle was going to have more features. <laughs> Can I get a better one? This one doesn't have any women. Uh, this has your ectoplasm all over it, sir. <laughs> it's been it used. Can't be returned after you've used it. Oh god, the Statue of Liberty and the second Ghostbusters. <sighs> one time dead the noble. The vengeful spirit returns the castle. The revenge will be with the successors of the tyrant Fengriff. In. Fengriffin, yes. Oh! 
<laughs> it hurt to read that like the way it was written. If you pretend it's the lyrics from a song, it works better. Yeah. The revenge will be with the successors of Tyrant Fingriffin! One time dead the noble, the vengeful spirit returns the castle. The revenge will be the successors of Tyrant Fingriffin. It feels like a like a translation of a j- Japanese game that wasn't done very well. You know, like okay. the someone set us up the bomb? So it's like uh, Transformers Armada, got it. Okay. One time dead the noble, no on the, the vengeful spirit returns the castle! The revenge will be with the successors of Tyrant Fengriffin. Have you seen Transformers Armada and Energon? I have not. They're two. They're the two worst Transformers shows ever made. And it's a Japanese anime. And then when they brought it to America, they just like ran it through Google Translate and then handed it to the actors. The severed hand, which is not the ghost, I want to point out, goes back to torment the young couple. Is it, okay, this is hundreds of years, so it's like a skeleton running around. Uh, I mean, or is the secret origins a thing? I was gonna say it could be mummified or like in a jar or something. Like it's it's already running around on its own. We don't have to ask why it hasn't decayed at this point. I'm picturing you like logic is gone in a jar and then busts out post ghost coitus. It like twitches and then breaks out. Because need I remind you, ghost coitus happened. Do you think that the hand was involved? I don't know because time <laughs> and cause and effect isn't really important in this description. So. <laughs> Maybe it opened the door for the ghosts? They are caught up by an ominous ghost. We know! He's a rapist! That's pretty <laughs> ominous! And become inextricably involved in weird killings with several corpses. Also, she's pregnant with a ghost baby! I like how that's just sort of like a throwaway at the beginning. Like, yeah, she's pregnant by a ghost, but there were some killings, and now there's some corpses. You could have this whole movie just be about ghost pregnancy. Her trying to figure out what happened. Her, the the guy kind of mad that his wife's pregnant without them having sex. <laughs> Presumably. I don't know. They're married. Well, not they so did have their... Yeah, did... Did they have their wedding night? Or, like, she's, like, getting ready in bed in their wedding night. And, like, it's dark or whatever. And some glowing thing comes in and she has never seen him naked. So she's just like, I guess that's just what good dudes look like without their clothes on. I mean, I'm on. assuming she was asleep. Hey, I, no, okay. Your your version's less fun, though, apparently. And not that, okay. I feel bad now that I've talked about I know, this is the fun. this is the thing. This is the thing we have to acknowledge. Rape. Bad. The worst thing you can do to another person. I mean, murder's also up there? They're done at that point. Yeah, I guess. Rape victims, rape is a very intimate action, and they have to live with that for the rest of their life, and some of them can no longer have that intimacy after that. Rape ruins people's lives. Not only the person themselves, but people around them. Murder also does murder pe- ruins people's lives, though. Yes, but the core victim is done. I'm not saying murder's good. Murder is, like, slightly below rape and the ranking of horrible, horrible things. Okay. I don't, I'm not, I don't know that I 100% disagree. We're dropping some seriousness I, I, on this really bad rhythm description. <laughs> they will confront the mysterious evil and legacy of horror of the Fengriven family. So, here's what I think is happening uh-huh. in this description. These two get married, get hitched. He takes her back to the castle. She gets raped by a ghost. Then we get a flashback to the fact that the ghost is the possibly the ghost of the stable hand who had his fiancé raped. I imagine there's a bit where she's like, did anything happen in this castle? Because she doesn't want to tell him, like, I was raped by a ghost. Because he's going to be like, no, you weren't. Yeah. But, you know, she has, and then they start digging into the history of the castle, and he's like, you know, I don't really know. My 
dad or granddad or whatever didn't really talk about it. Meanwhile, the grandparents, which are here, by the way, are just like, should we tell them about the whole ghost thing? And, he, and the grandpa's like, nah. I don't know where the, like, he did cut off his hand. I I guess you're right that maybe, like, after the ghost rape, then he inhabits his hand that they have kept around for some reason? And, I mean, like, it could just be on the property. I guess. And then gets buried over the centuries. Like, crawls itself up out of the cave. I like the idea that they have it in, like, a display case, though. Like, and here's the hand that we severed from the stable boy <laughs> who's trying to stop us from raping his wife. Hilarious, was it not? <laughs> I'm picturing this scene where he's, he, for some reason, keeps the stable boy on. <laughs> he keeps him on as the job, but he's, like, he's in there greeting guests, and he's got, like, the hand on the uh, shelf and the formaldehyde, and he's like, what's that? And he goes, oh, this is the hand of a uh, very bad individual that I had to deal with. And he turns to the stable boy, isn't that right? Sir, Silas. He goes, yes, sir. Kind of hides a stump. That's rough. This is a rough movie. And it's a really bad description. I want to point out there weren't, like, this was the most, the reason I've been reading this terrible, terrible writing is because that was the most complete description I could find of the movie. I'm assuming this is, is this an English movie? Yes. I'm assuming the review wasn't by someone who's who had English as a first language. I think that's probably And may have written in their native language and then just did Google Translate so that, you know, it's an English movie. People who reading who speak English will probably read this. Google Here Translate might have also caused the formatting issues with the periods. Possibly, yes. Well, that'll do it for this week. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next week. Bye, guys. Bye.